and trains, and we're prepared for it with new technique and new approaches. And as for our part, we feel that you're the best pieces of manpower available in this whole region. We're getting ready to have a live spectrum. What we were trying to say, you got to walk home. Walk home. Walk home. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. To reach Devin Wade with a question or comment, follow him on Twitter at Wade's Be a part of the group on Facebook by joining the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group or liking the page. Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. It's a uh, it's our second episode, so I hope you had a chance to check out the first one. If this is your first time, uh, I suggest you subscribe to us on iTunes. And, of course, uh, check us out on SoundCloud. In addition to that, Facebook, it's the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group. And we have poll questions from time to time. And it's a great way to communicate with me throughout the week and in between podcasts and all of that good stuff. In addition to that, in the future, we will be going Facebook Live. But first and foremost, I want to bring in uh, my partner, a guy who's uh, frequently uh, going to be on the podcast. He's hard, easy to find. He's my brother, Biscuit. Jordan Wade, and, and just to really uh, give you a little bit of background, first of all, how, how are you, Jordan? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. This is how he came up with Biscuit. It, it, we were, we were, you, no, no, I did not come up with Biscuit. I did. And, and, and I have to tell you this. We have been quite animated in the past, in the early days of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade show, which airs locally. Actually, it used to air. It's been morphed into KTSU Sports Talk. But before that, when we were just a fledgling show and we were just getting started, we did just about anything we wanted to do, much like this podcast. And for the heck of it one day. Now, keep in mind, he's the man of a thousand nicknames. So he grew up being Bobo, but that's kind of his name now. That's the standard for him. He's Bobo. I used to tell people my name was Bobo because I didn't like my real name. You were named Jordan before Jordan. So, I mean, before Michael Jordan. Before Michael Jordan, you were pre. So nobody knew who Jordan was. We all thought it was a girl's name, at least. Oh. Thanks. <laughs> That's the second <laughs> reference that me well, being no, a female. No. Well, I mean, actually, it's a. I is mean, we know be, it. Is this going to be like a, it's uh, a unis- ongoing no, no, type of thing? No, no. There's no question there. But Jordan is not like a, like a unisex. It more, it's a more male name now than there's anything else, right? I don't know. I don't know either. But anyway, um, some so, people say Devin is more unisex name now. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I, we both had those names. I, you, and I'm thankful for the names that we ended up having as opposed to what we could have had for that is names, true. considering my dad's huge family. But you know what? Our grandparents actually did a pretty good job with, with names. But we won't get into that because it's 16 of them, right? So, yeah, a lot. So it's a lot of names. And and you factor in cousins and, and in-laws uh, to my to my father, my aunts and uncles on uh, to us. But anyway, I, I say all that to say you are the man of a thousand names. Pugsley. Bobo and the Gap Band, Mr. Magoo, Booger. Booger was one for a while, yeah. Um, I've had a lot. Shorty Doo-Wop. No, that actually wasn't one. B. Diddy. (laughs) Yeah, a ton of nicknames. A lot. But we just, one day I just said he, we started to call him Biscuit on the air because he's the kind of guy that will bring a biscuit to a dinner roll party. Oh. <laughs> it, make, yeah, it makes no sense. It makes no but sense. But guess whatsoever. what? The people loved it. And and really a week later, everybody called you Biscuit and that kind of stuck. So if you hear Biscuit, you'll know why he's named Biscuit. First of all, I know you you had a good Thanksgiving because you 
were with me and we were with our mother and families mm -hmm. were convened. Uh, and I, you didn't try my seafood dressing. And I'm a little upset about that. But you should have tried well, my seafood I don't like dressing. dressing, and I'm not crazy about seafood. And it was an oyster dressing. I had um, mussels in there, a little imitation crab meat. It was off the chain, and I made my own cranberry sauce. And you think you're a great cook, and you're not. And I, that's okay. I, I am a great cook. You just have a very simple palate. It, no, you really do. I have an unsophisticated palate. Yes, so right. that's simple. But that's no, it's unsophisticated. Dude, you will go to the nicest restaurant on that's a not chicken true. strip. That's not true. And some of the nicest restaurants have best chicken strips but that's beside the point well so my point made and, and i will say this over the the thanksgiving weekend i got a chance to do something that you get to do every day i spent time with baby biscuit uh his son caleb we hung out all day and i will tell you he is that is that dude he's that dude and he really reminds us i think everybody of yeah. our late father mm -hmm. he's like you know, he came right before my, my uh, what, a year before? Yes. A little bit over a year uh, before my father passed away. So they got to know each other a little bit. But, I mean, I'm telling you, those were two peas in a pod. But I got a chance to hang out with him, and we watched some football. And if you're going to talk football, you have to talk college football. And we'll get into that. We will also have the Juan Flores Entertainment Woo! moment. Yes, you're Can't not going to want to miss this. One word, one. No, I can't. I don't want to spoil it, but I really want you to stick around. You, you I, can say it because no one no, knows. No, no, no. I'm not gonna say. The people okay. who listen to podcast don't have any idea who that is. I bet you they do. And and I'll say this, and and I mean this. I really do mean it'll be Ron Glass. This is but past you, the 18 to 35 age range that. Okay, well, there are people that live past 35 that listen to podcasts. We, we hope so anyway. We'll I'm see. knock on wood. We'll let's, see. let's certainly hope there are um, because we'll have – I had some very dated references then uh, otherwise. But you're going to want to stick around for the Juan Flores Entertainment Moment. That'll be towards the end. Also, our poll question. We had a poll question this week. Mm -hmm. We will pose that question to you, and in addition to that, we'll go over the results. Although, this sort of skewed, but if you want to get in on the polls and all those things – the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group. Join that group on Facebook. And I'm on Instagram too, by the way, dwade909. And of course, on Wade, at Wade's Word on Twitter. And that's a great way to communicate with me as well. But we watched a little bit of football. So we'll get into some headlines, the poll question, the Juan Flores Entertainment moment, the two minute mix, which won't quite be two minutes, but it'll be a nice mix. That's something that I've implemented. No, you're, you're, you're not. Sure, how you feel about that? I'm not a fan, but it's yeah. I like he's the not music. a fan. I like the music, but he's not, not in, he's, of the structure of it. Yeah, so he, you know, again, when you go to a a museum and you see a a, a painting, okay. there's a stroke of red in the middle of my painting that represents the two minute mix. So there, there you have that. Um, we're gonna get into some headlines as well. Let's do that. You ready to do some headlines? I am ready. Um. Cowboys, uh, let's well, well, we'll push the Cowboys out, but a big game Thursday night. We'll get more into that. Uh, will the Cowboys go to Minnesota, place they haven't won since 1995? We'll get into that. But tragic, tragic news out of Colombia with a Brazilian soccer team, their team plane went down. Uh, very sad. yeah, that's very sad. Uh, six survivors, though. That is something that I have sort of, um, I sort of, you, I, you worry about that all the time with all our teams 
uh, traveling. I know we've had the re- the the situation with West Virginia. We had some uh, Marshall yeah, the Marshall ago. in West Virginia. Marshall in West Virginia. Uh, that was in '72, I believe. In addition to that, um, we've had pl- coaches go down. Uh, yeah. Oklahoma State. A couple of, and we've had bus accidents. Uh, but when it's a, that's a man, it's a super tragic thing, man. It, it really, really is uh, rough. And of course, information's all around about that. But again, I worry about travel. Of I mean, you just you just pray that it never happens. I, I hate for it to happen to anybody, uh, and I don't want it to happen to any of our teams here in the United States either, because that would be man, that would be so tragic. Thurman Munson in baseball. I remember he was, but I mean, that's again, that's a dated reference. But mm-hmm. if you're a Yankees fan, you know the lore of the catcher Thurman Munson, and he was flying around in a plane on an off day and, and had a crash and died. Uh, and, you know, we can get into some like classic rock uh, plane crashes, Jim Crow. That, that, that's yeah, kind okay. of depressing. morbid. Yeah, morbid. Yeah. yeah. We'll stay away from that. Um, <laughs> uh, Eric Dixon banned from the LA sideline, the LA Los Angeles Rams sideline. Are we talking about that right now or are we going to come back to it? Uh, we can talk about that now because, again, I, you, uh, Jeff Fisher, how do you feel about that? I'll, I'll defer to you on that. I think Eric Dickerson is being a tad bit of a diva. Okay, he goes out and he says things, bad things about the team, which is his right, which is his, his you know, his his responsibility as a journalist or whatever because he's on the radio. He has his own radio show. But you can't go out and say bad things and disparage the team and talk about the players and then expect to be well, welcomed on the sideline. He, he was not personal in his criticism. From my understanding, all his criticism was professional. He was uh, responded to a question, and he was very honest about a team that will not go to the playoffs. Will probably have a new coach in the next couple of years. I I can go one way of this because I, I know Jeff Fisher, which I'm not a fan of, and that goes back to his days here in Houston with the Houston Oilers when he took over after Jack Pardee was fired. Mm-hmm. He did something on Monday Night Football. The first game was a Monday night game against the New York Giants. So, of course, the Houston Oilers were known for the run and shoot. It was, that was We were the run and shoot team. And I say we because I will say I will claim the Oilers as my own. Uh, I have a number of friends played on a, that team. I love the Oilers Name and drop. I miss them. Yeah, well, I can. We'll have plenty of ex-Oilers on this podcast, I'm sure. So you can look forward to that. Uh, but he took over Monday Night Football against the Giants. The very first thing he did, the very first thing he did, he ran the ball 22 times in a row. 22 times in a row is what he did to sort of spit in the face of Jack Putty and the running shoot. And I've not really, I've not really cared for him before or since. And to put the cherry on top around these parts, I thought that he was horrible with Vince Young. I think he lied on Vince Young. I think he put Vince Young out there in a way that ruined his career. Ultimately, you made him seem like he was crazy when in fact, I mean, he was a trouble man going through a moment that never should have came to light. That never should have been something that had come to light at all. And I and I blame Jeff Fisher for that. I'm just I was never a fan of that. I think that he is, from accounts, dishonest about mm-hmm. some of the things he says and does. And I so, do think Eric Dickerson is a diva. He's well, always yeah. been a diva. Yeah, he he is. And yeah, he, I actually interviewed him uh, a couple of years ago. He was doing something. He was doing a coin toss or something at Pro Review. Had a long conversation with Eric Dickerson. Unfortunately, the audio was not of a great enough, a good enough quality to to air 
uh, on the show, but we used some snippets of that. But it was a, he was really, really nice. Had a great conversation with him. Yeah, you're right. He's a diva. But if you're Jeff Fisher, you have bigger fish to fry than getting your feelings hurt. When you're talking about the guy, the guy in that franchise, there are a lot of guys. Deacon Jones is gone. He's not going to be on the sidelines. Vince Ferragamo, who knows where he is. Met him, by the way. Name drop number one for this show. No, that's like number four already. Okay, so yeah, Vince Ferragamo. I have to show you that picture. Jack Youngblood went to that Super Bowl as a kid and went to the after party, which they lost to the Steelers. If you remember, well, you don't. Exactly. Well, you don't, but others do. Uh, But so... uh, there no big. Who is the the most famous Ram? It has to be. Well, you got Henry Elliott. You have no. Come on, nobody can. Nobody LA can compare. Ram. Let's say L.A. Ram because any Ram. Or well, you want to say Tory Smith? Isaac no, Bruce. those guys don't count. Or L.A. Ram. Then yes, let's make it specific. L.A. Ram. Chris Everett. No, see, yeah. Jim Everett. Jim Everett. Yeah, Jim Everett. Did you really make that mistake? I did. Oh, okay. That's the whole Jim Rome. Right. I know, and that's yeah. what threw me off. But yeah. So, but there's no bigger Los Angeles Ram. That's coming through that door. Jackie Slater's a distant number two. Distant yeah, number two. Yeah, but you two. never hear. You would oh, never Roman hear Gabriel, about this. if he's still alive. You would never have heard about this if it wasn't for Eric Dickerson saying, oh, I will never don the doors of L.A. Of well, he didn't tell the as, whole story. As long as Jeff Fisher is there. And he's just being a diva. Like, he just. Well, but no, but you, if, no, if, you, if the man tells you he doesn't want you on the sideline to, to sort of speak in the vernacular, it, it should have you feeling some type of way. I mean, and I mean, he was like, I, I ain't on. I, I got this gold jacket. Like, I mean, but, but you know what? Like they to- need him. Understand this: they're gonna need Eric Dixon down the line. He's a goodwill ambassador. Even Houston Texans here have ambassadors who never obviously played for the Texans. But he's a guy that really will do the. the uh, really will be good for the organization, and you want that guy there. I mean, he is. I watched his thirty for thirty, uh, the Pony Express. Oh uh, man, Eric Dickerson. I, you know, my best friend for many, many years. That was his. I, I was so sick of Eric Dickerson because that was his absolute favorite player. And in everywhere you looked in his room, everything was Eric Dickerson. Eric Dickerson. Eric Dickerson really was. If he wasn't so, such a an aloof person with the media, almost like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He would be diva, in the conversation. Aloof, aloof diva. Well, now he's actually much more of a, he's sort of that Ricky Williams antisocial. He's not a Ricky Williams. If he was antisocial, he wouldn't have his own radio show. Well, I'm talking about Kareem now. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm going back to Kareem. Now, Eric, Eric had a really difficult, he was a diva, and he yeah he had some, some issues when he played. But at the end of the day, he's a guy that had he had a better relationship with the media. And this is what I tell the young guy. I tell the guys in the league now. Pay attention to those relationships because we in the media, the guys that will will tell the story, and you 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 know, yeah, your game film will speak for itself, but we create the narratives that make sure your legacy lives on. I mean, look at Barry Bonds, and obviously what he's done is undeniable, but because of the narrative, and a lot of that has to do, believe it or not. A lot of his Hall of Fame votes and everything else has to do with the narrative written because he was such a jerk with the media. I had my own experiences with him. We'll talk about that at a later show. Name drop number five, right? <laughs> yes, but I mean, you can't have this type of attitude over and over again. If, if every time there's a problem and the only consistent person is one person, you have to look at yourself in the mirror. No, but let me say this, and, and I will say and Jeff this. Jeff Fisher Living, even said, said after after the conversation, but Jeff he lied. Fisher said, he lied. Hey, okay, I understand what your point of view. I don't have a problem with you coming back on the field. Yeah, Eric well, Dickerson even said that. 
Well, we'll see how that plays out. And that's a 10% of teapot because I don't really care about the Rams anyway. I really Case Keenum, Goku's, man. Well, I do like that. But he's on the bench now. So yeah, Jared Goff true. is playing. So he won't play again, unfortunately. Also, in uh, in in the headlines, Colin Kaepernick, he just cannot seem – it seemed like he stepped into political quicksand – uh, by kneeling, and he just can't get free. Well, it ain't uh, just the kneeling. I mean, well, uh, that's started it all. But it's also about not voting. It's well, about that's what being, I mean. Now, he got into it. Went with, with, about uh, Fidel Castro. Ignorant? I don't know. I don't know. I don't put it like this. He cannot intellectually defend his position. That's called ignorance. That means that he got in over his head. I think that give him more time to study, he's able to process it. He he just doesn't know his history, and and, and again, so you step he's into ignorant. Not to say that he's not intelligent. He's ignorant about the things that he's he's having an opinion on, and you can't you cannot do that. That's irresponsible. You can't go out there and, and be this political figure and try to make all these statements, and you're not even aware of the statements that you're making or the effect that the statements are going to have? Well, I will say this, and, and not I'm not going to defend him on the Cuban situation, but he got into an encounter with Armando Segura, uh, who, whose family was kicked out of Cuba, and you know, family was imprisoned by by Fidel Castro. So it's deeply, deeply personal for him, and rightfully so. If you put in prison my people, or my family, and you kill my dad, or whatever the story was, and I have to leave the United States, I'm again I feel some type of way. But but the, he's he's not open to people who who are expatriates from Cuba and, and were kicked out and forced out. They won't see anything positive, anything mm-hmm. at all positive. Colin Kaepernick tried to point to some of the more positive aspects of Cuban culture under Fidel Castro, which, again, that, that's a minefield that you probably want to stay out of. You don't want to even get into that because it's so emotionally charged that nobody's hearing that. No one wants to hear anything that defends Castro, not in that form, and especially not a, a Cuban expatriate or the son or daughter of a Cuban expatriate. So, uh, yeah, he's he's in some some quicksand. How's he gonna get out of this thing? How is he gonna? What is the end game for him? Because he has I, to win. I mean, that's no, the no. Only. I mean, he actually played well. He played really well the other night. But other they day. lost. They, he he had a chance to win it, and his uh, a, a Cuban son actually made the tackle. Yeah, Alonzo, uh, Kiko, Kiko Alonzo, and and Adamakin Sue stopped him from getting into the end zone. You go back to the 1960s when you had these these professional athletes coming out and making these political statements. They were intelligent. They knew what they were talking about. They had a specific voice, a specific intent. And they that was issues. my problem with Colin Kaepernick from the very beginning. You have to know exactly what you're fighting for, what you're looking for, what are your mileposts, what are the things you're looking for to say, okay, this has been accomplished, I can now stand for the place. Again, I was warned early on and said, okay, I'm not sure that that was the thing to do because again it's almost like the cuban thing it's some people in society and it's some people who are listening right now if you do something bad to the flag nothing else you say after that is going to matter nothing i didn't you, have I, a problem with with him kneeling i, I applauded that especially uh, uh, the message behind it but once you see that there's no motive there's no direction there's no anything it's just I have an idea. I'm going to do it. And you, that's, that's and, and, and I will say this. He sparked a movement and, and created some conversation. It's just that he's not the, the poster child for that. He's not the guy that can lead the way. He's not a Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali 
uh, who really knew what he wanted to talk about. Jim Brown, those guys knew exactly what they wanted. Kareem. And, and Kareem, those guys. So he's just not that guy. I think he got swept up in some emotion because, it, again, look at the times we live in. We've we see these things on the news. We've seen these these killings. We've seen these things that have been unjust right. happening to the African American community, and people are swept up in it. And I don't blame him for that. And I'm not mad that he has tried to get more politically active. And I think that what he's done you overall, can't, you can't try to get politically. You active can try and to do. Vote. Well, I agree with that part. But you can. The question is, who made him? that guy was it him or more the media and i think the the media is complicit in building him up to be this and i'm a part of that uh, but at the end of the day he 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 doesn't he doesn't have a good you're responsible for the statements that you make be them political be them in in protest you are responsible he's responsible for for what he's doing and, and for him not to be informed for him not to have a plan for him not to have a purpose is just irresponsible well i mean again i i don't go too i won't go too hard in the paint on him uh, other than the not voting thing I, i'm i'm really like tripping on that part he doesn't know about cuba and again, no matter what he would have said, it's not going to mean anything to people who have been forced to leave or actually descendants of those who were forced to leave Cuba. So that's an or- argument you can't win because it's so charged with emotion. So let's keep moving on with the headlines before we get into some college football, because I want to get into some college stuff as well. HBCU football, big, big deal uh, here in Houston this week, the SWAG Championship. Well, that, that's a big deal, and that's cool, and it'll be a nice thing, and I love having it here in the city of Houston. But the bigger issue is the Bayou Classic drew 67,000 people. That, wow. that For a FBS, uh, FCS game, that's unbelievable. And, again, it goes to the tradition of the SWAG and – well, also the standings in the swag with with Southern and Grambling both. But that game in. always draws well. They always get over fifty. Right, but and that's because of the tradition and everything right. else. But when you factor and the in, the, in the, around, yeah, you, and then you know Thanksgiving, the Bayou Classic. But when you factor in that both teams are winning, they were going for the Western Division title. I mean that that's just gonna yeah, that's icing it. on yeah, that's yeah. icing on the cake to make that uh, make that a really. Really, really big deal. That's a super, super deal, and we're going to transition into college, but a classic college quarterback came out with a story in his new book. And Should I say the name of his book, Tim Tebow's book? Should I, I should I, I help promote this? Because he know. dropped this this little nugget, or the publishing company dropped this little nugget, knowing that it will create dialogue. But Tim Tebow said he passed on a million-dollar one-day deal. He had a, an endorsement deal for one day, and I think at some point he's going to have to say what that deal was. But he said one day, 24 hours to do something. He went to Bill, then his head coach, Bill Belichick, and asked him about it because he didn't want to become a distraction to the team. And what did Bill Belichick say? Well, hey, I kind of prefer you don't do that. Okay, which is fine. Okay, all right, the Boston, you know, he runs a tight ship in New England and whatever, whatever. That's fine. Week later, he gets cut. (laughs) So, So you lose a million dollars. And you lose your gig a week later. Moral of the story: Bill Belichick is the devil. It's, no, <laughs> no, no, that's not. It's no. better. It's better to ask for forgiveness than to ask for permission. Right. And, and, and uh, yeah, you're right. And, and I understand he wants to be the backup. He's trying to play good guy and do all the right things. 
No, no, you make your yeah. What is it? Make your paper, boo boo. That is go make so your paper. Lame, but yeah, I mean, you you once you have those opportunities, especially if you're Tim Tebow, you got to kind of be realistic about your chances of of making the the Patriots of of being success. A it successful seemed like quarterback. He, they they sought him out. It seemed like he really did have a chance to be somebody. It, it really did seem like they had a chance because you had uh, the his former head coach, uh, the Josh McDaniels, who's the the offensive coordinator right. for the Patriots. You had Bill Belichick, who's this you know supposedly this mastermind. Well, I mean, he is. He yeah, he's one coach. of the greatest coaches one ever, greatest. if not the greatest coach right. ever. Right. Uh, so, I, or I, or did he go to the crossroads with Robert Johnson and make a deal with the devil? <laughs> we don't know. I don't. I don't know if. I wasn't. I wasn't at the crossroads when Bill Belichick went there. Now, so I can't say if he went or if he, he was just in the, the Browns. He right, went, right. Went, went yeah. to the crossroads and crossroads. Uh, I don't want to go there. Not yet. No, no. <laughs> Did you really try to sing on the podcast? Yes, that's nice. what you get. This uncut. This is raw Devin Wade. What? I don't and, know. And I want you know that. what? Yeah, I know. That didn't sound right. That, <laughs> no. that, that didn't. That sounded kind of gross. That did. But I did. I have looked forward to saying hell and damn. I've never said that on the air before, okay. and I just did. Congratulations. Unprovoked. Un. Without emotion. Mm. I've actually said hell and damn. Good job. I guess. Yeah. So now I'm still with PG thirteen. I don't think I'll get much worse than that unless I get fired up. College football, man. Now, if I'm gonna get fired up about something, it is the just the. The foolishness that is college, major college football, because I do like swag and I do like the FCS level, and it's a more pure form. Although money is money, and money makes the world go round and motivates all the stuff, all the foolishness that happened mm-hmm. uh, last week with the rumors that Tom Herman was going to LSU and that he had met with the LSU people. So then you get the kids from LSU who beat up on a And M, and they ask, you know, they say, "Hey, keep coach, oh, coach uh, Ed Ogeron," and they in fact do. Because Herman said he didn't want to go to LSU. He was going to Texas. And that's after he had all of these young 17, 18, 19-year-old kids look him in the eye, take a kiss from him on the cheek, and really buy into his program and believe what he said. That whole kiss thing makes me uncomfortable. Well, I don't care about that. But if it's if you know it's weird, it's different, whatever, I don't care. Like Lil Wayne and Baby, you know. Well, now that's that's really kind of icky. That's ickier. But th- this is weird, and this is I guess you could say that's I- icky too. It depends on your if you like to see you know a grown man kissing kiss another grown, grown man, man on the, right, on the, right on the cheek. Yeah. That ain't my thing. Yeah. Well, I, whatever. I don't. It, it's a. It's almost like a gimmicky kind of thing. If it's not, it's one of those things that if it, that truly is who he is, then that, it is. It's eccentric. It's weird, but it's okay uh, because it's showing his love for his kids. But then you go and abandon those kids. It does, it seems to ring hollow and it seems really gimmicky. However, it works. He's gonna get over six million dollars a year for the University of Texas, and I just it just bothered me. It bothered me. I took it personal because again, I'm native Houstonian. I love U of H. I love Texas Southern. I love HBU, whoever they play, except Texas Southern. I love Prairie View. I love. I root for all of my local teams. St. Thomas, Rice, I, Rice. I love Rice. Any, anything, City Houston. I love. I love my city, and I love U of H, and I want enjoyed the success. The H Town takeover was a huge success. I thought it was a a lot of fun. I bought into it. Uh, I thought it was. It went really, really well. So to see him leave, it's not the fact that the wins and the losses. It's the energy that he put in, not only gave the, the program, but just the entire city. And, you know, I grew up at a time where U of H was in a major conference, the Southwest Conference. They were competing 
to go to the Cotton Bowl, mm-hmm. and that was a big, big bowl mm-hmm. back in the day. It was, it was sugar, orange, cotton, uh, rose, and, and then later the Fiesta Bowl came. Right. So th- those were your bowls. Those were the big, big bowls, and and U of H was in the mix, and they would beat up on Texas. They would definitely handle uh, A&M back in the day, uh, and then this is football and basketball. So they had their runs. You know, and be you know beating and competing with Baylor and TCU and all all of those schools. So they had their run, and to see them get left behind once the the Southwest Conference folded, it, it's a painful thing for those of us who who want to see that program succeed. And really, I will not forgive the Big Twelve for what they did by teasing everybody, thinking that they had that they would expand. And I think ultimately that will kill the Big Twelve. I think the Big Twelve does not they, they are on borrowed time as we speak. So I, from that standpoint, you know, I think it's a done deal. I, I really I, I think Tom Herman is going to scr- struggle when he gets to Texas as far as with the media. I do too. Uh, because when he was here, he threw a temper tantrum when when one reporter reported that he was meeting with a with a recruit who was leaving with Kyle Allen who was leaving um, Texas A and M who ended up coming to U of H right mm. right mm. so <laughs> he threw a hissy fit he was all upset he, he attacked he wouldn't the go on certain shows he stations. wouldn't go on certain shows and you cannot be like that when you are the leader at Texas. Uh, you have to be have a CEO mentality. You have to glad hand. You have to you know be you all get, smiles. You and, have to be an ambassador. That's why Mac Brown was so good at all aspects of that job, and where he was deficient. And many will say this. I'm not the first. He was not the X's and O's guy. That you know, we basically a lot of people think that Vince Young saved his, made him millions and millions of dollars, and gave him that national championship by pure. By pure talent, by being a pure natural athlete. Well, Cole McCoy came along and he, as yeah, well. But again, and, and he, he, he was a recruiter, and right. he had almost like the criticism of Guy Lewis, rest in peace. Ah, oh, you can't say anything bad about Guy Lewis. But the thing when you get the guys in, you may not coach them up as bad, as good as, as as other coaches, but you at least they're there on your campus. And and you had a better athlete most of the time when you line up. Yeah, I mean, Mac was a great recruiter until toward the end of his his career, and that's pretty much why he they had to let him go because he wasn't bringing any athletes. Yeah, and I don't think that he worked as hard towards the end. And he this will kill you at any school, but especially Texas, if you can't bring in that quarterback. And then you find out that he could have had RG three, and there were other guys he could have had a shot at Johnny Manziel. And, and you you don't even get a sniff of those guys. Right. It was somebody else. So oh oh Oliver Andrew Luck Andrew Luck. You didn't. He's in your own backyard. Never got a sniff at the University of Texas. If you miss on those three or four guys, then you are in a lot of trouble. And that's what ultimately cost him. Tom Herman. We'll see what he does. A lot of people are asking in one of the sports talk with Devin Wade comments. I told people the podcast is coming up. Was what kind of leash will Tom Herman have? Would it be as short as Charlie Strong's? I think so because. You, at Texas, you're expected to win now. People are expecting him to go in right now because of what he did at U of H. They're expecting him to go in and win next season. And he should. You should go in. First of all, the cupboard is full. And they, they, they have some horses. He, oh, they, they they can run the ball. Deontay Foreman, the, the quarterback. Texas Bruce already Sam is. Duchelle. Yeah, Texas has some talent. So I think Charlie Strong would have won next year. Uh, but I will say this, uh, you know, a lot of people are upset, especially the African-American community. A lot of people think, oh, Charlie Strong, he got oh, he got shortchanged. I saw people on Twitter saying that. 
you cannot lose to Kansas. You cannot lose to Kansas. Let me repeat that again. You cannot lose to Kansas. You can't. Well, last and year ultimately, beat, but last year you beat Oklahoma. Early in the year you beat Notre Dame. Yeah, well, Notre Dame is Marquee. not that good. So you know, right? They're not that good. But coming into the season, you didn't know that they were ranked in the right, top five. Right. So you can't beat Oklahoma last year. But that's what I said. They beat Oklahoma last year. You have signature wins, and you're going to have signature losses. I think he should have had at least one more year to try to right the ship. And Man, that was a t- up until he lost to Kansas. I said, give him another year. I really did, and it ended up being a perfect storm that swept Tom Herman right into Austin. And now you look at a school like University of Houston, and again, they're the bridesmaid. They're like they're like the warm up act. They're like they're like the boyfriend that always is engaged to the hot woman, but then she 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 runs away at the altar, and then she runs into the arms of of another, another man. I mean, this has happened to them three times. Art Bryles, Kevin and Sumlin, Sumlin, and now <laughs> Tom Herman. And it it really is bothersome. What do you do? Because I, I think the energy he created, whether it was real or never realistic, and obviously it turns out that the Big 12 was never going to expand, so it wasn't very realistic to begin with. I really just think that everybody bought in, and it's hard to replace that energy. Uh, Todd Orlando, the the interim coach, says, look, I'm not going to kiss anybody. Oh, no, he didn't say that. He said, I'm not going to wear a grill, and I'm not going to dance. I'm going to be me. I don't know that that's the message. That's like cold water in your face after the party. What? Like, we know we know the next coach is probably not going to wear a grill. By the way, on Twitter, somebody said, hey, the grill stays. That belongs to Houston. You cannot take the grill with you to Austin. The grill stays Power in Houston. Powwow ain't going to let him take the, no. take the grill. Powwow wants the grill back. But but so, Powwow, the rapper, H-Town native who has a new uh, CD, by the way, Houston Oiler. That's the name of the CD. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He's about that life. Uh, yeah, that's the closest I'm gonna get to the to some of the vernacular that's out there. I mean, uh, it's amazing that you know that. I do because I, I follow him on Twitter. Oh, okay, awesome. So, I mean, you should, but again, I, I don't know how I came across it, but I did retweet it and I liked it. All <laughs> right, Houston Oilers. Charlie, it'll be interesting to see what, how U of H handles their deal and where they go from from here. Well, now uh, but it's again, a desti- it's, 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 it's it's a destination job now at this point. I mean, you think. Yeah, I mean, they have a lot of guys who, who want to come here to coach because if you can come here uh, and do well in one or two or three seasons, I mean, look who's coming to call. You got Texas coming to call. You got A&M coming to call. You got Baylor coming to call. That, that's well, the power but five see, this conference. Is, this is what I said. I said if Ogeron did not keep the job in LSU, he would be the perfect guy. Okay, and, uh, and I'm gonna tell you what this big. is. This is what he's, you want. He's a great recruiter, but he's not an X and O's guy. That's why I don't want Les Miles here because you you. I'll take off, Les Miles. I would take Starting Les off, Miles. you're not gonna get the best players. You're just not gonna get the, well, the best players that want to stay. Herman got top playing Ed Oliver, who in two years will be in a first round pick in the NFL. He got one five star recruit. One right, and he was. But doing he was it. just getting started. That was really one recruiting, one full recruiting class. Well, I understand that, but you only get one five-star recruit, and it was a really big deal. Okay, for one five-star recruit at Texas is not a big deal. I mean, they, they, they'd fire you if you only got one five-star recruit. At, well, at they the fired him, and they got a bunch of them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So my point is you can't just get a recruiter. you got to have a guy who's going to be able to use the talent that is here and optimize that talent like Tom Herman did. Uh, uh, and, and we're about to go to our two-minute mix, so we're going to wrap this one this. Uh, part of the conversation up. This is what I will say. And, and the reason why I'm more, more upset is it's a, uh, well, I started to bring this up because the, the larger issue is that 
you had these kids. We, we talk about, oh, of course Tom Herman was going to leave. Of course he was going to go. There's no question. I mean, they've been saying since July he was leaving. Right. So, I mean, he's rumored to have every single jo- job. And, and we get it, and I get it. And, yes, of course he has the freedom to pursue whatever job he wants to. But you're making your money on the backs of these young men. Well, that's every college coach. I, that's every college coach. But I'm saying I don't want the I don't want these young men lost in the equation of him leaving affects the lives of those young men, whether or not they will even finish their education at the University of Houston. Because you get the new coach in, we see it every year. We saw it with Charlie Strong at Texas. If he doesn't like you, if if you don't fit into the plans, you will quietly and sometimes not so quietly be asked or be released from the program or you you won't be able to compete this affects your chance to go to the nfl but I, I understand what you're saying but these these young student athletes have a choice they don't have to go to that university they know they hear the rumors that, they're on twitter they see all these things that we see they see the same things they yes have a choice no, man yes but you have a you having somebody like tom Herman come in and convince you, and you believe him, and you buying in. That's it, why you don't go to a university that's necessarily. A, that's so cliche. I'm not going to say not, for an education. I'm not going to go there. But that's not I'm, what I'm saying is you don't go to a university solely for the. Coach. I understand that, and that's that's exactly right. But that's exactly untrue about how these decisions are made. You're talking about 18 and 19 year olds. Yeah, some of them or are, are, are because of what you know their parents, family leanings. Mm-hmm. Some of them like will choose a particular school, but other kids really they look for the right situation the right if you are a bump and run corner you don't want to play in a zone defense you look at those sorts of things and yeah you should be looking to go and get an education but you also want to make sure you have a chance to at least apply your 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 tools and your talents to being the best you can be and possibly making it to the next level or possibly just being a great college football player. Well, if you're a player, you got to have the attitude that I can play for any coach. I can play in any system. I can change my yeah, game. Yeah, but again, I think you're simplifying it, and I think it's unfortunate to these kids. With that, want to go to the halftime portion of the show? It is the two-minute mix. We will be right back. You're listening to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast, wherever you're listening to it. It's record games, you know what I'm saying? The next act I'm going to describe is the act that I call it. Giuliano Creator. Record kings, crazy beats, records, all of that. All of that. What's happening? This type of happens every day. Break down. Here it goes. Come on, baby. What a copycat by whole four back. Don't stop. Welcome back to Sports Talk with Devin Wade Podcast. Um, Hopefully you have subscribed on iTunes or on SoundCloud. We will be on TuneIn and what Google Play. We'll try to do uh, Google Play. And uh, in the future, we'll go Facebook Live and we'll also go uh, have more YouTube videos. I have a few out there. Devin, Sports Talk with Devin Wade, D-E-V-A-N, by the way. If you don't know, um, want to shift gears and get into some some NFL stuff. The the thing that the the division that I want to talk about, and obviously the two front runners, the New England Patriots 
uh, and the Dallas Cowboys. We can talk about them at nauseum. And I, and I will talk a little bit more about the Cowboys in their upcoming game versus the Vikings. I want to talk about the most interesting division in football, and that's the AFC West. How about this? Let's look at the AFC West. You have Oakland leading their division 9-2, and two, Kansas City at 8-3, and three, Denver at 7-4, and four, and San Diego at 5-6. and six. Kansas City is 3-0 and oh in their division with three more division games coming up. Uh, San Diego is a team that if they win any other division, they would be a lot better off, especially if they were like here in the, the AFC, AFC South. South. But this team, is, is, and you look at, I want to talk first about San Diego. San Diego just coming off of a big win versus the Houston Texans in Houston. But just look at the guys that they've lost, the key injuries for them. Danny Woodhead, Keenan Allen, Brandon Mebane, um, uh, Jason Verrett, Dexter McCluster. All of those guys are injured on IR. They won't play anymore this season. But I tell you who is balling out in San Diego, and that is Joey Bosa. He is a grown man. He is a really nice player. He made some big plays the other night. But I want to talk about the game the other night with Kansas City and Denver, the Sunday night game. Yeah. Wow. What a game. I just, you know, it's something about watching. Von Miller at the top of his game. It's almost like watching like Pedro Martinez pitch the baseball when he pitched or Greg Maddox or somebody you can think about that was at the very top of the game. You just wanted to watch them every time they went out. He's that kind of guy, man. There was a sequence where he, he had a sack. And he had a knockdown. Then he went in coverage, and then he made a play in the run game. I mean, like these were like uh, successive plays, and it was just—it's a beautiful thing to watch. But he was upstaged a little bit, especially in the first half of that game, by the return of Justin Houston in just his second game back from ACL surgery last year. He had three sacks in the first half. Man, he is nice. But just that every—it it almost reminds you of the Pittsburgh Baltimore series. They were hitting. so so hard and I just love Denver's defense I I love every team in that division and and surprisingly enough I'm the least excited about Oakland right now yeah Oakland is I mean they they have uh, of course Mack and and Derek Carr Mack is a big Crabtree is is having a really good year but I'm really excited about I'm still excited about Denver and Kansas City Kansas City they, they struggle on offense especially against that Denver defense but their defense is amazing. Like you have Justin Peters, uh, you have Eric Berry in the secondary. Both both those guys in the secondary. Well, yeah, Tom Bailey. Tom Bailey. You got man, and you got uh, Dante Poe. You you have some beasts on that defense. And I mentioned this in the last podcast. I thought I think they have a shot at something. I really do. I think they have a shot to to make some noise. Now nah, they came yeah, in. Andy and, Reid always kind of finds a way. Man, to mess but it he up. yeah. But again, this is a wide open AFC. This. Look, New England is not going to the Super Bowl. I, I'm saying this now. New England is not going to the Super Bowl in the AFC. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think Dallas is going. I don't think the two favorites right now are going to the Super Bowl. And that's more than just my my you Dallas hate Yeah, hate. my Dallas hate. It's mm-hmm. more than that. I just I cannot believe and again, I will get into the Cowboys, but again, in this division, Kansas City is right there. And I, they're in the best position when you think about a, a veteran quarterback. And they, again, they're missing Jamal Charles. Who Jeremy else? Macklin. Uh, Jeremy Macklin was not was out. Uh, but they have Travis Kelsey, who is third among tight ends with 57 receptions. He's a 675 yards. Uh, and then, again, Tariq Hill scored on a run, a pass reception, and a kick return. Hasn't that is the – Gail Sayers did it. Oh, man, that is that is historic right there. And he went to what school? Western Alabama or West Alabama. 
Wow. Hey, you can come from I anywhere. Know, I know he's a fifth-round pick. But can you imagine if Jamal Charles was healthy on this team? You have well, Spencer Ware leading in, in, uh, in rushing for that team, 705 yards and two, D, T, uh, two TDs, and then Ch- uh, Chandrick West with 191 yards for the season. So they're really missing the – uh, a run game, but Alex Smith, when he had to make plays, he made plays against one of the better defenses in this entire league. Yeah, I mean that's that's what you get when you get a veteran quarterback who who takes care of the football, who who pays attention, who who keeps continuing to get better throughout the game. He knows what the other team is going to do. He reads the defense and he and he stays in there. And this is what I think, and I really believe this. The I mean, obviously, the two best quarterbacks are on in that division are the two from two teams. They are the least talked about. Coming in, I mean, other after the Kansas City win over Denver, now they're more in the discussion. They're eight and three, three and zero in the division. Uh, but again, it's all been all been uh, about Denver trying to repeat. And can Trevor Simeon do something? Who looked good? Who had th- over three hundred yards passing in that game? Yeah, but again, we'll we'll see how that goes. I, I thought Gary Kubiak uh, he should have played for the tie instead of no, trying. You're at home. You don't play for the tie. But uh, if you miss that, and this man has not uh, even attempted anything over fifty-seven yards. Yeah, but you're in altitude. Again, he had not tried anything else. If you don't make it, you have to understand that you have just handed the Kansas City Chiefs uh, and you put them in field goal position with one first down, essentially. And and they ended up getting more than that. But I think you, you with a, just over a minute left in that game, you, you go ahead and you have to say, we'll play for the tie. And when we go to Kansas City, we got to see if we can come up with a win. I, I just think that I, was a play. I, I, I don't think so. I mean, you, you're you're and, and Gary Kubiak said it, and I I I commend him for him because a lot of times he doesn't say things like this, but he said, "Hey, look, we're gonna we're gonna go for the win. We're gonna try to win." Yeah, the but game. then you come out and then you run on first down. No, if you're going for the win, go for the win. <laughs> well, I mean, you had 368 yards passing. Yeah, but I'm saying in that last sequence, if you're saying, okay, now going into this last drive, we get a shot, we're going for the win, then you have to be more aggressive. And and I don't think that he was. And then you make that decision. I think at that time, you punt, you pin them deep with a minute three left, you trust that defense to keep them, and you take the tie. But again, you know, I think the players like appreciate the fact that he went for it. Uh, but again, it didn't work out for them, and that may come back to haunt them because it's going to be a tight race. Although I do think all three teams, three of those four teams, will make it uh, into the playoffs, and it'll probably be Denver, Kansas City, and Oakland that will make it uh, to the playoffs. Nobody else in the North is going. Nobody else in the South is going. No. And nobody else uh, except except Miami. Miami's in the mix of seven and four, so they're right there. If it came down to it, would you take Denver over Miami? Or would you take Miami over Denver and Kansas City? Which one you take out of those three? Oh, I'm taking Denver and uh, Kansas City. Take two of the three. You take Denver Denver and Kansas City. And I do too. I I do too. Although Ajayi is running the ball really, really well, Miami. Although he didn't have a great great night, a great afternoon the other day. But they come up with a win over the San Francisco 49ers, which we mentioned a little bit earlier. Uh, But there's some key games in that division to check out. Look, you know, look for uh, the. uh, You have San Diego. Uh, versus Oakland on the 18th, week 15. Week 17, you have uh, San Diego versus Kansas City, and you have uh, you have Denver uh, versus Oakland on week 17. Week 16, you have Denver at KC. So there's a lot to be determined in that division, but I think that that is a uh, wonderful division. That was an awesome game between re- it two was. really good teams. It really, really was. That game is uh, one of those instant classics. Uh, just like, I mean, I thought the, the Thanksgiving Day game 
was a, a classic uh, with, with Washington and and Dallas. And Dallas. You talk about the one of the, what twenty five million people. What what was the number on that? It was something like crazy. A, a crazy number of people uh, watched that game. And of course, you saw Josh Norman and Des Bryant go into. What are your thoughts about those two going at it? You expect that. I mean, I like it. Uh, it's, it's unclear. Somebody said in my neighborhood we emptied a clip or if yeah, yeah, yeah. We it was yeah. I, I mean, that's whatever. my thing is Josh Norman. Once Dez goes at you like that, to keep your rep, you better go right back at him. Yeah, and, and whatever, whatever Dez says, I'm a counter. Now I might go out with a security guard because Dez looks like he is about that life. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely would like in the media. I'm going hard in the paint. And anytime you say anything to me, however, wherever you want to go with it, we can go Biggie Tupac on this thing. But in, in real life, you got to cut it off somewhere. Uh, because these things can get out of hand. And, and Dez kind of had a mea culpa. He said, hey, I'm Well, I'm I a- think Goodell created a mea culpa for him. Well, I mean, yeah. But, I mean, you know, you come out and say the right thing. Say, you know, you say that you're kind of embarrassed about how you reacted to it. And that's the right thing to do. But I, I love it. And I love it when him and uh, Odell Beckham Jr. go at it. I think that's the only way to play. I really do. I think that that is the way to play. You can play with class and grace and all of that. But, no, when it comes down to it, you want something. I have something. You trying to take it from me. You trying to take food out of my children's mouths. And I don't even have I, no I like the hand and the yes. facial expression. And you know, I might be on say, Facebook Live. I might say hell or damn when I'm talking about that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but I, you know, again, that, I, I, that will. You, I don't care what the league says. Next year, the first, and I bet you it's opening week. And I bet you it might be, it won't be the Thursday game. It won't be the Thursday game. But it'll be the Sunday night game. Of the first week. You think so? I think so. I think, man, can you imagine the number? They're looking at this in New York saying, whoa, you see this number on Thanksgiving? We're going to do this again uh, the first Sunday night. They're not going to they're gonna open with a defending champ. But, or they might. They Well, well, they that's what they've been doing lately. They take the the the, right. the, 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 the champ. champs yeah, right, right. and play them in the regular season. Yeah, out of one of those weeks, one of those years, the, the, the champ didn't play the first game for some reason. On, I forget. But anyway. Yeah, so but they, you'll see them but in a prime time game. But I like week that type of ignorance. I'm not gonna lie, I like that type. Oh, I of love ignorance. it. I love. I, as, that's long, how it was. As, as long as long as it doesn't, you know, impact the game. As long as the referee's not flagging them. Uh, as long as they let him play and it don't get dirty. You know, Odell Beckham and him took it a little further uh, last year, the year before. Um, as long as it doesn't get to that point, I'm I'm all for it. And I love it, too. I just love it. I just think that's the way you play. That's the heart of competition. That, that's what it is. And so I think we agree on that. But the Cowboys, you, you look at Ezekiel Elliott leading the NFL with 1,199 yards. Uh, and, and, again, he's 156 yards ahead of DeMarco Murray, who's in number two, which, by the way, and we'll get to that in another podcast, that Tennessee team was on the come. And and I know on the on the radio show on KTSU Sports Talk with Ralph Cooper and I, uh, Ralph Cooper is he believes in in Tennessee. Uh, I'm not so much, not not so much, but I don't believe in the Texans, and that that is sort of where we lie with that. Uh, the other thing is uh, when you look at this, the the Cowboys are enjoying the longest win streak in franchise history. Uh, they uh, they go into Minnesota Thursday night. There's going to be a big time game. Uh, they have some missing parts that can come back to really, really help them. 
Uh, Barry Church may play mm-hmm. Thursday, he's, and he's Morris Claiborne, play. uh, Claiborne will be back as well. Uh, he's on schedule to come back during the regular season, so they'll get some help defensively. That that'll help them. But they go into a Minnesota team they've not won in Minnesota since 1995, and and after the, the Vikings get off to a, what five and zero start or whatever it was. Uh, they have lost what five or six or something. So yeah, they've lost a lot of games in a row. So that that life is not great for, yeah. They lost five or six. So mm-hmm. they will start off five and zero, and they lose five or six. So life is not good. But they're doing all of this without the starting quarterback Teddy Bridgewater, right? And of course, one of the greatest running backs of this era, and Adrian Peterson. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again. You, we kind of discount that because life goes on, next man up, blah, blah, blah. But And, again, Bradford, I think if you give him some time, he's proven that he can be a really, really above average, not well above average, but an above average NFL quarterback. Uh, we'll have to see how that goes. But I'll tell you what, Dak will see more blitzing this week than he probably has seen. And another thing, this is a this is my stat of the week, and I don't even – we don't even have a – Segment. Maybe I should, should echo that part. Stat of the week. Week, 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 week. Oh, you know that uh, the Cowboys are only plus three in the turnover ratio. Well, they, they, they haven't had a lot of uh, since, especially since uh, the safety Barry Church has been out. They haven't had any turnovers. They, they're, I think, uh, eleven. They only have eleven that, turnovers on the season. That will come back because once you get into the playoffs and every team you play is a quality team, if you can't turn them over. If you don't have that, because we know in the playoffs you win the turnover battle. A lot of times you win the game. Well, as long as you're not turning on the, turning over the ball yourself. I mean, as long as you're playing. If clean. you win the turnover, well, yeah, but again, it gets harder because you're playing against right. you know you top caliber team. When you look at Minnesota, they're plus twelve, plus twelve in the turnover ratio. So uh, that may that may be a big deal. Look for that. I don't. I think the Cowboys lose Thursday night. I don't. I don't. I think the momentum is carrying them. I think you got great ball control with Ezekiel Elliott. I don't think the uh, Vikings are going to be able to to control that. I, I think. I think. Hey, purple rain, purple rain. And, I, I'm and, telling you. and Dez has has had one breakout game, one kind of good game since he's since he's come back. I expect him to go off. Well, they've been throwing to him a lot more the last couple of weeks. Uh, so again, we'll we'll have to see because again, you knew Dez was not going to go a long, long time without getting the football in that offense because we can win and you can send that rah rah rah. We just win, just win rah 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 until you know. Wait a minute, I'm not. He's not. Let him not go to the Pro Bowl a couple times. Then all of a sudden, it won't be about the wins. It'll be about touches. Then yeah, I think I think it, it, I think with every re- predominant receiver, uh, they want the ball. I mean, he's going to be upset that Cole Beasley. Yeah. Is, if if Cole Beasley is the leading receiver and, and leading touchdown get on the team, he's going to be upset. Uh, and by the way, uh, Vikings twenty fourth in scoring poll question. I did add pose uh, a question of these four teams, and these are my folks. If you go to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page on Facebook, the group page, if you go to the group page, now you can like the the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page, but join the group. If you join the group, when we go Facebook Live, I think that's where we will be. Not sure. We, we'll figure all of that out, and I'll let you guys Just know. Just join the group. Yeah, join the group. And I posed the poll question on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade uh, group. Which one of these four teams our favorite to make it to the Super Bowl. I gave them four options. Mm-hmm. Now I left out New England and Dallas because they're clear favorites. It, they were it was Seattle, Denver, Oakland, Kansas City. No, Seattle. It was Seattle, Oakland, Denver, uh, Kansas City, and of course they wrote in the Steelers. So leading by uh, a small percentage, the Steelers 
uh, our favorites, at least among my Sports Talk with Devin Wade group. And by the way, if you have a favorite team on the Sports Talk with Devin Wade group, they go hard in the paint. We have a Baltimore Raven fan that is just gangster with it. With Charles Rayon and the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, we have uh, Errol, Ta- uh, Errol Taylor, uh, Aaron Taylor, um, who is a, a big-time Denver Bronco fan. And then we have Oakland Raider fan. And then we have a ton of Cowboy fans on there. No Texans. No no Texans fans uh, representing on that page. But if you want to get on that, you certainly can get on uh, and uh, answer our poll question. And you can keep up with the next time that we are going to do the podcast. With that, do you hear that music? Mm-hmm. You know what this means. It's I'm, time for the Warm Flores Entertainment Moment. That's a moment when we recognize a actor of the past, usually from tele, a television program of my choosing. I don't, uh, I, we, we may let you do some of these no, as we go. And, and just to explain, Juan Flores was a former radio host on the Airways KTSU, where I currently work. And he had a jazz Latino, and he's phenomenal. Google him. He is an expert of what he does. And we came on after he was on it. Before. We, we came on before. We came on before. Yeah, that's right. We came on before and we him. Always We've been run long. We were running a little bit long. And usually we ran long because we were talking about entertainment stuff. So he was like, What in the hell? And I did say, What in the in hell does that? Yeah, I know. I, I feel so liberated. It's like bra, bra burning in the 70s. You oh, know? my God. <laughs> so, 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 yeah. So he would say, what in the hell does that have to do with sport? And we were like, nothing. Why are you talking about it? Well, when you can't beat them, join them. So we named that segment the Juan Flores Entertainment Moment. And today we want to honor someone who just passed away, Ron Glass, who you don't know, but you should you should recognize the music in the background. That's the theme from Barney Miller. Uh, Ron Glass played a detective on Barney Miller. He was a frustrated writer. Uh, but he uh, was a detective, and uh, his day job was being a police detective. <sighs> you need to go back. I'm going to send you some YouTube clips. I'm not going to watch it. But, but, no, here's my favorite thing about Ron Guys. He went on to do some sci-fi stuff. Now, you will never hear sci-fi in the Juan Flores Entertainment moment. But you will hear me talk about Sanford and Son. So my favorite role, he had two things that he did. Mm-hmm. He did, and I, I know you don't know this, but you need to you need to YouTube this. I'm telling you. I'm about to Google Ron Glass right now. Yeah, do that so you can at least see who he is. Once you see him, you'll know him. He was on the new Odd Couple. Now, there's an Odd Couple on now, but this was a black Odd Couple where it was him and, and uh, Demond. What is, uh, uh, how do I, how would I forget his name? Lamont, Lamont Sanford. What is his name? Demond, whatever. But anyway, they, they did the Black Odd oh, Couple. Oh, okay. I know who this guy is. Yeah, Wasn't well, he, he on like Cincinnati? Uh, no, no. No, no. That's Tim Reed. Come on, man. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. So anyway, uh, I want to salute him. But he was on the new Odd Couple. The, uh, I call it the Black Odd Couple. And that didn't last long. And he, of course, he was, he was on Barney Miller. He was on some sci-fi shows. But my very, very favorite role uh, by Ron Glass was when he played Hucklebuck. He was on... <laughs> so let me explain who Hucklebuck was. It was on an episode in season two where uh, there were card sharks. Oh, Damas Rasulala played uh, Skeeter Matthews and it was Rooster, Hucklebuck, and Skeeter Matthews. It, I'm laughing because you have to see this and on my Sports Talk with Devin Wade group, the first time somebody asked me about it, 
who, who's finished it and listened to the whole thing, mm-hmm. the first time they hear that, I am going to put up a clip of that episode where it was the card shop episode where Ron Glass played Huckabuck along with Skeeter Matthews and, of course, with Rose. I'm telling you, that is good stuff. And this is why you have to listen to this oh, podcast. Oh, my goodness. With that, we're going to wind this thing down. Anything else you want to say? I'm looking forward to the games this week. I am, too. Uh, looking forward to Thursday night, especially. And we'll get more into it. We'll probably have a, another podcast later on this week. Uh, episode 2 went well. And uh, you'll you'll see. We have, we'll have a lot of fun. Kevin Allen, the Silver Fox, will be in the building. And, of course, uh, we want you guys to follow me on Twitter at WageWord. Subscribe to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page on iTunes. Subscribe. Please do that. And, of course, you can do the same thing on SoundCloud. Make sure you do that. And then eventually you can look for us on YouTube, on WageWord, Facebook, all of those ways. Instagram, DWade909. And, of course, if you are in the greater Houston area or you want to listen via TuneIn, you can listen to KTSU Sports Talk with yours truly and the legend Ralph Cooper Saturdays at 8.30 a.m. to 10 a.m. Central Time and where we talk more local stuff but we're in, in whatever else we get into. Uh, but again, you can catch me there each and every Saturday morning.